Yeah, like like I'm not the best of downhill runners. Like, um, well, I, I have been thinking about that quite a bit. I, I felt like I was leaning back too much and I was resisting the hill. So, and that was just sending pressure up through my hole all the way to my hip, from my heel to my hip by leaning back too much. So I have tried to adjust it more and lean forward and kind of let myself fall down the hill rather than run down the hill. But I mean, that's easier said than done. Like you have to be, you have to be careful, like because you don't want to smash up your quads either. Just, just running. Like um, it's hard to get the balance. I think with a lot of the the the, the, the Spanish and the French, and I think they're kind of they're so used to being on them steep descents that they've over the years they've they've they're naturally doing it. But that, my friend, was Ireland's very own Gavin Byrne, and this is the Inspirational Runners Podcast. Hey everyone, hope you're all well. My name's Robbie Marsh and I'm your host, so welcome to the podcast. Quite a few things happening since we last talked. Carl Saab knocked out 75 loops at Big Dog's Backyard Ultra, smashing Johan Steen's world record. The Garmin Skyline was cancelled on the weekend and we edged closer and closer towards another total lockdown. Luckily, the Kerryway Ultra went ahead and our guest managed to crawl his way to first place after his A-Race UTMB was cancelled. As amazing as this was, I didn't want to go past his TDS 31st place from 2019, which was a mind-blowing result on one of the most technical races on the world circuit. Before we start, I'd just like to give a shout out to Hiking Tours in the Morns. If you're interested in booking one of our special tours, why not follow us on Facebook? Just search for the name Hiking Tours in the Morns or send me a PM. We have everything on hold at the minute due to COVID, but if you keep an eye out on our page, you'll find out when we're back out on the hills. I've made you wait long enough. It's with great pleasure I give you the current Wicklow Round record holder, Galvin Byrne. <laughs> that's, that's about as much prep as I get done. So talk to me about your recce this morning then. How far was it? Um, 22k. So we went from leg three of Stones Cross to Lug. So we started at the Wicklow Gap there. And we just covered a couple of summits to head towards Lugnaquilla. But we didn't make it all the way to Lugnaquilla. We didn't need to go, you know. So we just done um, a bit. Uh, just to cover the ground. The race is next Saturday. So we I hadn't been around that section. So I just wanted to cover a bit of the ground. But uh, the weather was too bad. So how are your legs at the minute? Do you feel they're, they've come back? Oh, no, legs are never a problem, no. I do be tired, all right, but the legs are never an issue. But uh, just, yeah, you just get tired from being four, uh, four hours in the cold, you know? Yeah, so you were meant to do UTMB this year, weren't you? That was on your schedule. Yeah, we were meant to do the UTMB, yeah. I was meant to do the Val d'Aran as well and the Pyrenees. That was meant to be in July. The year of meant to be. Like, I had such a good yeah. um, calendar um, yeah. listed <laughs> for the year. Um, but yeah, what I want to do is... Actually, I met you first in Chamonix last year. Yeah. Um, you were doing TDS. TDS, yeah. That's the race I want to unpack here first, because oh. it was an epic adventure that you had. Yeah. I don't remember the names of any of the places now. I can't tell who I went to. Like, I wouldn't yeah. know the peaks or anything. I, no idea. Like. I'm really going to challenge you on uh, TDS. What does it stand for? Oh, I looked <laughs> that up before. But <laughs> I, I wrote it um, down. I wrote it down. I couldn't. I still couldn't even see it. So I'll, I'll leave you on that one. But um, yeah. it's something to do with, uh, well, the English of it is the footprints of the Dukes of Savoy. So there you go. Right. right <laughs> we'll we'll right. stick with that. Um, it's yeah. to do with the uh, Aosta Valley, isn't it? Um, to the Savoy yeah. is where you go. 
I'm sort of helping you out here because I knew I, I threw you under the bus. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I remember we started in Cormayor, that's about it. <laughs> you're, you're worse than me then. Finishing Chamonix. So tell me about the, even the journey to TDS then, um, because you do have to get points for that, don't you? Yeah, we had to get, um, I think it was, it was a 15 points or 12 points. I can't remember. But the reason why I entered the TDS was because it, over the last few years, it seemed to be the one that was the easiest to get into out of the lotto. So out of most people, out of, all, out of, the, out of the couple of events there, the success rate was much better to get in. So that's why I went to that lotto. But um, I think we needed, I think it's similar to the UTMB regards to points. You need 15 maybe. So that would be, say, two six-point races and, and another race or yeah. two five-point races and a six-point race. So the, the point system's all changed now. So I think you need eight points yeah. now over two races. So all, all of the B races, we call them B races, not right to call them B races, like, but they all drop down points. Um, right. And then you only need eight points to get into the TDS now. Ah, okay. um, but yeah, races yeah. like we have um, the Mornway Ultra here, it was four points. It got relegated down to three points. Um, most races did get knocked back down. Right. So what races did you do to get in? What races? So the races would have been in 2018, 2019. Um, the Kerry Way would have been one. I've done, done, done that in 2018 as well as this year. So that definitely would have been one. It was a six-pointer. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, nice big six-pointer. Get it, get, get it done. Um, which other ones did I do in 2018? Must you put me on the spot there? A couple of the Imra ones would have had would have had points. Yeah, I didn't. Wicklow it was nothing way. too fancy. Like Wicklow it was way, all. It was all, yeah, yeah. Wicklow way. It was all Irish races, Irish-based races. It's hard to get a six-pointer in Ireland, though, isn't it? You got the Kerry way. Um, I don't know. That might just be it. Kerry Way, Wicklow, uh, I think the Kerry Way is the only six points. I think the Wicklow one might be five points, Wicklow Way. Yeah. Um, that's 127k. That might be five points. And then there's a couple of three or four pointers around, but not too many. So like, when did, when did you first get into the longer distance stuff? Like, What was your first race, 100k race, like or over 100k? Well, I remember my first 50k, say, was in 2015 only. So that was a 50k road race. So I managed to do that and I've done that quite well. But soon enough after that, in 2016, hmm, I might have started doing 50 milers. And then I jumped into the 100 plus K in 2017. I had a bash at the um, Wicklow Way solo, but I DNF'd that. See the first 50 milers you were doing then? How did they, because yeah. you, you were just going into that sort of distance. Um, yeah. Did you go through much of a learning curve through that or did you hit the ground running? Yeah, I remember my first 50 mile race. But one of the raw ultra events, I don't think they're on anymore, was from some part of Wicklow and finishes in Marty Park. But um, I'd never done anything like that before. But by the time I got to the end, it just I just couldn't understand. My legs were absolutely knackered. I couldn't run downhill like the quads. The quads were shook, absolutely, just could barely move. But um, but I didn't have that. I haven't had that since. I haven't had it been in that bad of a state. But it was a, it was an eye opener, and I thought that's the way it was going to be for me all the longer races. But uh, it it's it's not unfortunately. Or lucky enough, it, it, you just get it's used to it. It's kind of like um, if you ever remember doing your first marathon, you're absolutely like dead for days after. You just. I find you just get used to them then, you know? Yeah, your body just adapts, doesn't it? 
Yeah, definitely. Like, um, especially with the trail running, like you really, really get used to doing the trail running. Um, you, you don't suffer as much. Like uh, the next day, you're I find um, I'm mobile enough. Two or three days later, like. Do you think that's the the different terrains causing that? As one minute you're yeah, going up, one minute you're going really slowly up, you can do nothing about that because it's a real steep ascent and then it's a long, gradual downhill. Or It's such a mix, isn't it? Rather than that consistent sort of battering of the same muscles. Yeah, like when you do a road marathon, like it's the same kind of muscles all the time. And, and it's, it's agony by the time uh, for a few days after. But for me, it isn't. Anyway, that's, but with the trail running, yeah, you're twisting, you're turning. You're all over the place really slipping and sliding so yeah but if you think back to your first marathon like you know you couldn't walk for like three or four days after it and you're coming down the oh. stairs like a cowboy in the morning <laughs> yeah at least yeah oh and and the rest more than three or four days probably a week or so i think it was um 20 yeah 2013 was my first marathon in dublin i'd only started running that year in, in 2013 so I'd, I'd progressed quite quick from not doing anything to um to win an ultras. Yeah, that was crazy. That's why I was trying to go back to the 50 mile sort of races and try and work out that little progression that you had, the steep yeah. learning curve that you went through. Because I'm, I done the raw ultra 50 miler as well. And yeah. I had the same experience, yeah. my legs and blah, blah, blah. And you're coming back down off the Dublin mountains. That's where it finishes, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, but I, Park, I'm still yeah. going through that though. You know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> three or four years you've transitioned and I'm, I'm still, if I went down the same course, I'd much probably suffer the same way. Yeah, it's hard to know. I don't know. I must just have a, a strange legs that just get used to it. Maybe I'm not too sure. Maybe if I'm a bit younger, probably that might help and uh, I recover a bit quicker. Yeah, I don't know, really. We're going to unpack the TDS. So yeah, coming up yeah, yeah. coming up to the TDS, you did two races, the Wickler Way and the Kerryway Ultra. Was that the first time when you'd done the Kerryway doing something as long as that? Yeah, the Kerryway in 2018 was definitely, yeah, was my longest race by far. I hadn't I hadn't even done a 100 miler before that. So it was, I had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah, so how do you prepare for a race like that? Oh, well, I, I wasn't really too well prepared, to be honest. I think it was... Ten, 10 days before um before the race i hadn't even entered i'd rang the race deck director 10 days before the race and i'd asked her um you don't happen to have any entries um still for the carry way and she said yeah yeah we have i was kind of hoping she'd say no but <laughs> <laughs> she said yeah no butter we haven't an entry there for you gavin so i i signed up then just went down a few days before prepared a few drop bags and, and just jumped in you know Jeez, you've done it yourself. You had no crew or nothing like that. No crew, no, no. Two weeks before, I'd done a, a 24 hour adventure race down there. That's what gave me the idea to do the carry way. I, I got chatting to a few lads and they said, ah, you should do the carry way. So that's what gave me the idea to do it. And was the main focus just to, uh, to get the points then? Yeah, that was basically it. Just finished to get the points. Yeah. Um, I'd started off nice and slow, but um, the weather was absolutely brutal. Most people, a good few lads kind of dropped out or slowed down. So I'd managed to crawl my way to the front. Um, but it, was a, it was a tough 26 hours out there. Yeah, but you, you seem to have a lot of speed, like, right from the offset. Like, relatively speaking, you haven't been in long-distance mountain running for a very long time. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't, no. Uh, like, I, my first marathon say was 3.31. So it was, and that was without knowing what to do, knowing how to train. So eventually I got the, the marathon times down to uh, under three, like, 
Right. And I was able to do yeah. So I think that's to, even for the longer stuff. The trick to being good at the long stuff is to be good at the short stuff. Now I'm 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 not I'm not fast comparison to say a fast marathon runner, but I'm faster than some people <laughs> or a lot of people say. <laughs> there only is like one percent or something crazy, and it? it's broke the three hours. So you had a good base then from initially from the road running. Did you join join yeah. any clubs or anything like that? Oh, I was in the I was in a, the local club here for for the year, um. But they changed the training times and and training days, and I was working shift, or so I was never able to make the sessions. And the sessions were on Wednesdays, but I was going to Imra races on Wednesdays. So uh, I just I ended I ended up drifting away from the club and just doing kind of the mountain thing on my own with myself and a few mates maybe here and there. It's, it's the aerobic capacity, isn't it, really? Because I'm in the mountains all the time now, and I'm because of a bit of a foot injury, I can't push on. So everything I'm doing is low heart rate in the mountains, and I'm really suffering for that. Um, but your road running and, and building that aerobic base is equally mm. as important, isn't it? Yeah, so, uh, like, uh, most of my runs are easy, but they're on flat ground. Like, so I'm always just knocking about the trails in the Phoenix Park. Um, doing loops on the trails, but I wouldn't be out there um, like going really, really hard. I just tip around and enjoy it, kind of in around maybe between seven and eight minute miles type thing, and then here and there I'd bust out a quicker session. But I I do that for months and months and months all through winter without doing any speed sessions really at all, and I think that just really really helps when I when I hit the ultras then because just so used to just tipping away you know and just slowing it down and just going and going and going for as long as you can yeah because like it's all about consistency isn't it like and doing those That's big it. long like there was you doing a recce for the race next week and you've just um won the carry away ultra it's so easy to burn yourself out doing ultras yeah yeah like after the carry away this year um just for for at least a week maybe two i kind of sat around and in my head, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually going to take a break away from this running for, for, for a good few months, maybe even a year. And you're thinking that for a whole week and then eventually you get out for one or two jogs and, and you just kind of, your mindset changes. It's like, you, you've, oh, like, you know, I just didn't feel great after the carry away this year. I, I just was like, ah, oh, no, I'm done. I was just so tired. Or, it just takes a few weeks to recover from, um, ultras like to get back into a good uh, mentality good uh, good routine so the phoenix park then is local to you yeah it's about from my door it's about 2k to the gates of the phoenix park <laughs> no it is 2k it's not even about is it <laughs> you've got your <laughs> you've got your watch on like it's exactly uh, yeah. 2.1k from the front door <laughs> to the gate um beautiful yeah, place so. to run but you find that's important then for your mountain running to keep that sort of consistency going definitely because um like the Phoenix Park, like I've run, I've ran, I was just saying yesterday, I've ran thousands of miles in there, but it, like, I just don't get bored of it, like, because there's so many people around, there's a couple of deer around, you just always see kind of something different, and, and as the seasons change, it's always just, always something different, and it's just, you just enjoy the trails, like from summer, winter, it, it just, it just feels um, energizing all the time, you know? Yeah, it's a great time of year at the minute as well, you walk out the house, yeah. And you get that like Dublin sense. It always reminds me of when you were doing your long runs for Dublin. You know, that chill yeah. in the air, like um, yeah, yeah. 
Do you do much speed work then? Do you incorporate that into it? No, I was, I was for a while. Um, but when you, well, this year is a bit different, but like say in 2019 and, and 2018 even, I was doing so many racing, so much racing. I wasn't recovering quick enough to get into a speed session. And uh, like I've done too much, too many events. Like every month I was knocking out ultras, like maybe 50 miles or more. I think in 2018, or I'd, I'd done nearly one a month from January, starting with the Art O'Neill and all the way through Slee in February. And I'd looked at it and I'd done one a month all the way up to October. So I'd never given me a chance to recover, to do a speed session. I was always just getting the miles back in, getting the legs okay, and then racing again. Yeah. So like when you're racing so much, you're not actually training. Well, that's my opinion. But um, so I try do bits if I have a good block, like of three months, I'll try and get um, maybe like 10 by 400s or, or maybe a couple of 200 meter hill sprints. But generally, I, I'm not like, just because it's Tuesday, let's go do interviews. Just because it's Thursday, let's do a temper yeah. run. I'm not. I'm not really into that too much. Just like more. yeah, when you're doing long distance ultra running, though, it's 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 totally different, isn't it? It's different than going for a marathon. Like there's more than pace in your legs. Um, you've got obviously the strength, um, your aerobic base, your fueling. There's so much of it. Such a mind game. So rather than sitting and doing 400s or whatever, like racing as much as possible and building, because it's experience, isn't it, really? I suppose that's it, in essence. For, for ultra running, I think it, it's definitely experience. Um, for me, in any way, it has been. Every, every ultra, you kind of, you learn something new or I should have done something different or, and you try and try and remember that for the next, for the next race. Even, even the way you go through checkpoints, how if you have a crew, how you prepare the crew to get you in and out nice and quick like so in some events it's it's essential to have a good crew yeah can you, you can lose 10 15 minutes in a, at a in a checkpoint and that's that's oh, like easy. that's a minute easy. a mile over 15 miles yeah like, i have a rule i have a rule where uh, I, like you'll see people and they have chairs um put put out for their for the runners but i i won't sit down during an ultra, I'll do my best not to sit down, um, unless I really, really have to, like uh, maybe change shoes or whatever. But I'll just take my stuff, eat, stand, keep standing all the time, and then straight back out as quick as I can. Because once you get too comfortable, it's it's very hard to get going again, you know. And that's that's one of the things that I find as well. Like, it's, you know, it is difficult, it is painful. You know, your mind is trying to get you to stop. Um, but as soon as you give yourself that bit of comfort. You want more of it, <laughs> so it's better not. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. better not to go near it at all, yeah, and just no, just no. suffer. <laughs> just suffer. Just get it done. It is a suffer yeah. fest, though, isn't it? Um, in some cases, like like this, there has been some races where I've got through. Let's say when I finished, um, when I finished the Wicklow round, um, say for example, I didn't. I never had any issues throughout that day, and when I finished, I was running up the road, not a problem, but. Like some other times, then you're like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to finish," and and, and you're dying. So it's it's it just depends on how the race goes for you on that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think pacing is no, I wouldn't, I don't like, well, I wouldn't say pacing, but you not going too hard at certain st- stages. Like 
um, just making sure your effort levels right for what what you are actually capable of doing. Yeah, your your whole family, your whole life balance is important though as well, isn't it? Like some days yeah. I feel myself go out, um, and I'll you know you're going out to do the more mall or something, and you're going up Binion and you are feeling really full of energy, and then about a month later you go out and you go and do it. You're starting off in the same place and you're absolutely exhausted. And straight away your head's yeah. going to you, oh, this is going to be a tough day. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get the it's hard to get the balance like with work and life and then whatever, anything else going on, like and then running because it can be a bit of a selfish sport. You're going out running for four or five hours and you're just kind of coming home knackered, you know, on a Saturday. And you don't really want to do anything else. Yeah. So yeah. Sorry to jump about. Uh jump about a little bit so see when you were talking about the aid stations there um yeah and we can lose a lot of time on that and you don't like sitting down and what what mm. sort of things do you do at a fuels fueling station um well once everything's going well and it's early stages in the race like i say up to 10 hours the way i was the way i let's say i'll just use it the last race for example to carry away the way i did it was i have you know them cl- packets of cliff blocks? Yeah. Yeah. Or you pick just pick up two two packets of them and then I already have two bottles, two um two soft flasks. So the lads that have them filled with me filled for me. So I just throw them the two empty ones. But inside them I have these little sachets. I think they're high five sachets. But each one is about um hundred and eighty calories. So I'd have one of them in, in each of them. So literally I just pull in, throw the two empty bottles at the at whoever's crewing stuff my pockets with the two bottles and two packets of cliff blocks and then i'm gone straight again straight away like literally straight like i wouldn't stop at all if i didn't have to and you have no stomach issues with that at all no 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 i used to have bad bad stomach issues but i'm not too sure what it was but eventually it went away i was in went to doctors and everything over it was yeah but um eventually um it went away People are sick of me on the podcast just talking about the fuel because I can't get mine dialed in at all. Like at one stage yeah. I had um, Cliff Box and ISO gels and I thought I'd nailed it until I had a horrific Seven Sisters last year where I was sick <laughs> all the way over Aragal. Oh. Um, and I haven't been able to eat a Cliff Block since because they, yeah. they were unbelievable fuel, um, full yeah. of electrolytes and full of um, carbs as well. But it's, what I don't like, they're no... They're, they're no good for later stages. Um, I was saying to someone there that, you're, like, yeah, because you have to chew them. So, like, I mean, when you're 15 hours into a race and you're after being eating cliff blocks, you can't eat them anymore. That's for me, anyway. Um, so, like, I, I do struggle in the later stages where I'm literally taking in absolutely nothing, a few nibbles here and there, a few Haribos or whatever, and <laughs> some drinks, like Haribos. I, I, I've ran... I've ran races on just Harry Bowes, 10-hour races. So <laughs> even the TWC in 2018, that's all I used for the whole 10, 10 and a half hours was Harry Bowes and water that's in crazy. the Trail World Championship. Yeah, it just, sh- it just shows you how individual people are. Like Some people just cannot eat sugar at all. Um, yeah. And people sort of stick to the savoury. Like. So coming into, t- coming into TDS then, You've got your points. Um, you arrive in Chamonix. What is it that's so yeah. special about Chamonix? Well, that was, that was my first time in Chamonix. Um, and I haven't been actually since. But, uh, oh, yeah, it was, it's just a five there. The, everyone's there. The trail running, the massive mountains just 
right above your head and you're just kind of looking at them and Mont Blanc and stuff. It's 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 a special place and the scenery is stunning as well. We'd went to Cormayor a couple of days first, so we were over that side, which was class as well. But so that's where we stayed, but um, and then moved over to Chamonix. But it's just um, it's my ten thousand. It's mind blowing, like, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's. I I I must go when there's no big event on to see what it's like because it's a bit intense. It can be a bit intimidating because. It's so busy, like uh, on that race weekend. It's like insane. Like we're over an island, and you're like googling and trying to get bits of gear and what what do you need and a bit of this and a bit of that. Like, and it's hard yeah, to pick yeah. up decent gear and try on bits and pieces. Yeah. And the amount of stuff I've returned back to sports shoes. Dot <laughs> com, <laughs> like, and then you arrive there. Yeah, and every you can buy anything you want. Everybody's walking around in Lake Ora, which is a bit weird, but. <laughs> the jackets um the shoes absolutely everything and you've seen so many different yeah. ideas like um yeah. but the who's who in ultra running is there and it's yeah yeah exactly it's like for anybody who loves trail running um even to see the mountains for the very first time you know when you walk out the yeah. door mount blanc sitting there in front of you and you've got the glaciers and the whole energy and the buzz yeah that's what i enjoyed and you're, you're going past and there's people being interviewed and you're like, who's that? And you you, re- you recognize this person or you recognize that person. Like, um, You have to be careful though, don't you? Because it can wipe you out. Yeah, well, we, uh, like I, done, I ended up doing a good few runs before um, <laughs> before when I was there because my, I think the TDS started on Wednesday and then a lot of at the UTMB would have started on Friday. So we were there with Paddy and he, he's mates with all the Americans and stuff. So we were r- running around with Tim Tolliverson and a few of them through through the valleys and like the Hillary Allen and stuff and we all had like but once they're all there you're kind of like yeah I want to go on the run with everyone else as well so but whereas I shouldn't have been going but they weren't racing till Friday or Saturday whereas I would have been racing tomorrow or if you know what I'm saying like but I still I still got sucked in but I don't know yeah I, I probably shouldn't have done stuff like that but it didn't do me any harm yeah no it's hard it's hard not to as well like because we went up to some of the summits as well by cable car i should add Um, and you're you're looking down and there's trails absolutely everywhere like and you just want to let loose Mm. yeah i'd love to i must go over on a a non-race weekend and uh, just just explore a bit more and not have to worry about racing not have the stress not that there's much stress but there's a little bit of stress say when you're going to enter one of the biggest races in the world, you know, the most popular race. So, um, so how how were your emotions then? Were you excited, nervous? Yeah, at the start, I was uh, I was very nervous because where did we stay? We stayed in Chamonix, so we had to get the bus to Cormayora at two a.m. and <laughs> two a.m. in the morning. Yeah, yeah. So two, we were in and around that time, and anyway, so you're kind of walking up the road, and I was on my own at the time, but I bumped into. Richard Noonan and Tor, but uh, Tor, I think his name is, but they, um, they're experienced kind of, they've loads of experience. Two of them didn't give, didn't give a flip. Like, whereas I was like, this is, this is my first time entering a race like that. I was a little bit nervous. And then we were sitting at the start, um, waiting to get in and the crowds are packed. Like there was tons of crowd and I wanted to get not at the front, but I didn't want to be miles at the behind. So, so they just sat on the side. They didn't give a flip and they just jumped in at the end. So I was in queuing and in the end, they just got in ahead of me. Um, but 
Yeah, you're just kind of nervous, but I managed to get own own Flynn is on on the microphone over there. You know, own Flynn, yeah. the the race announcer. So I managed to get up to him and have a chat with him and stuff for a while as well. So, um, before the race, so that was kind of nice that to have an Irish lad on on the on the mic over there is it's it's, uh, it's surreal, you know. Has he ever told you how he got that number? He did. He did. Um, actually, I asked him that question before. I think he was doing um he was he was doing um a race um announcing somewhere and the UTMB um owners uh, what's her name Michelle is it something like that um, she came up to him and said I want you at my race <laughs> so it was somewhere somewhere along them lines as, as random as that like I remember yeah, the day yeah. after the last day on the Sunday UTMB finishes um I was standing with Ian Keith just talking about his success in the race like and Michelle went past yeah. in a I don't know if her name is Michelle but she went past in the Michelle or something yeah went past on the bike just ringing her bell to Ian and waving he oh, was yeah. like that's the the race owner there like it's just su- it's just such a random place like isn't it with so many yeah. random things going on so talk to yeah, me about the start is. of the race then come my ear um the thing about tds and the reason why it's easier to get into because it's so technical and it's a lot more difficult than the other races and um, this year was even more so because yeah. they inc- or last year because they increased the distance to 145k so like UTMB, I think there's 9,000 metres in TDS, isn't there? There's only 10,000. Um, they claim it at nine, I think, or nine and a half or 10 or something. But on what I recorded on the watch, uh, I think it was eight, six, maybe 8,600. But like the watches aren't accurate, so I don't know. It's hard to put a figure on it. Mm. Yeah, so it's 145km, but roughly um, 9,000 metres. So how do you take a, on a race like that? How do you attack uh, it? I don't know if you find out. Let me know. I <laughs> know. Um, well, what, 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 saying you were, we were talking about stomach issues earlier on there, but actually for the first five hours, I had really bad stomach issues. Not really bad, but every time we found a place to to use the bathroom, I had to use the bathroom, and that was for five hours. With um, and eventually though it went away. I'm not too sure. I just kind of kept eating and kept drinking. I didn't want to not eat because I knew it'd be worse for me in, in the long run. So I just kept having stuff, but eventually then it's, and I, and it was, I was going so slow. So I intentionally was going slow because I knew if I tried to go harder, the stomach issues would probably get worse. So I slowed down, which probably helped me in the long run. Um, and yeah, so the first five hours, yeah. And then, and then eventually that went away. But the pacing yeah. is very, very important in these races, isn't it? Like, so like I know in CCC, um, everybody took off down the road to try and get onto the trail fast uh, first because yeah. of the bottleneck. Um, but we got there, then you were waiting 15 minutes to try and get onto the route. Like, everybody just went out. Like, there was people you would think were doing sub 20 <laughs> minutes for yeah. the first 5K. Yeah, that kind of stuff kind of gets on my nerves because... There's, there was lads there queuing for probably an hour or more to be at the front. And then they take off at the front and they're walking. And you're like, why did you why did you wait at the front to walk? Um, and like, you know, it's the French and lads and they, they don't really, they, they're not the most politest. So they won't let you pass or anything. Um, so you have to get past. And the sticks, the, the hiking poles, they're, they're going everywhere. Like, they're like daggers. People trying to stick them into you. <laughs> but, um, cause it was, cause I was back a good bit. Like I would have been back 
I was back way back actually, way further back at the start than I would have liked him to be. So I had so from the from the get go, I was passing people. I think I remember then when it, yeah. So we we went up a big climb. I should have wrote a blog and I would have remembered all this. The first big climb, uh, and they're just constantly passing me, but trying to get into a good position. But it takes a few hours to kind of get for the for the um for everyone to spread out, you know. Yeah, you mentioned the pools. They're extremely important for a race like TDS. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I was using the, the. I don't know whether you know the ones, the lecky ones with the. They have yeah. the gloves, and um, and that's just they're, they're brilliant. They're so light. Yeah, they just attach um, to the glove, don't they? So you don't really. Yeah, have they to... just attached. Yeah, so but you can and there's like a button on the top that you can just push the button, and the poles come away, but the glove stays on and. Uh, I find them really, really handy. Now, I wouldn't use them in Ireland, but in the likes of Chamonix and places like that, they're much better because the ground is compact and, and oh, they're just handy. But I, I don't use poles downhill. So as soon as I get to the top of a hill, I'll take the poles off and I'll just hold them in my hand and run downhill, not use them. Like yeah. I only use them up. And what, about, them what about running downhill then? Like, Do you have any special technique? Because like... In places like Chamonix and Comoyer and places like that, um, you get these long downhill descents. Yeah. And it's you get people like Killian Journey, who has just got that down to a T, so efficient on his downhill. Yeah. Um, but it can wipe you out totally, can't it? Yeah, like, uh, like I'm not the best of downhill runners. Like, um, well, I, I have been thinking about that quite a bit. I, I felt like I was leaning back too much. And I was resisting the hill. So, and that was just sending pressure up through my hole all the way to my hip, from my heel to my hip by leaning back too much. So I have tried to adjust it more and lean forward and kind of let myself fall down the hill rather than run down the hill. But I mean, that's easier said than done. Like you have to be, you have to be careful, like, cause you don't want to smash up your quads either. Just, just running like, um, it's hard to get the balance. I think, with a lot of the the, the, the the Spanish and the French and I think they're kind of they're so used to being on them steep descents that they've over the years they've they've they're naturally doing it but I'm not unfortunately. Yeah, they they, they do have a sort of natural way with them, like um, yeah. but when it comes to climbing as well though, it did surprise me in CCC, you know, how many people not that I had a great race type, but how many people I was overtaking. You had all these guys that looked like they were elite athletes. Yeah. Um, and the last part of the race, they were just if there was a place to sit down, you were finding a body <laughs> on the side really? of the trail. Yeah. Like there was loads yeah. in seat loads in CCC, and it was like six hundred people didn't finish the race. Um, but TDS and was the same, I'm sure. Yeah, um, TDS is fairly technical and quite a long, long race. Like there's plenty of people out for 35, 40 hours. Like, um, but the CCC, I would have thought it's a much easier race. Um. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I I've never done it. As in, like the trails aren't as technical, and the it doesn't take as long. But um, you just had a warm day, didn't you? So it was absolutely roasting. Yeah, it was really warm. I think, but 24, yeah. 25 degrees. No bad weather at all. Like, and I think that's what was getting a lot of people were cramping up, and people's stomachs were yeah. going like. Um, but generally they do get that big of a fallout. But I suppose it's all relative yeah. from where you're at, and that's why we didn't. Yeah enter tds <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 um but yeah. you are right in what you're saying the likes of ccc and i think utmb obviously is the same because it takes in the same course like they're long soft trails they're not really technical 
um, no. like the TDS would sort of challenge you. So what about body maintenance then? Like your quads and like stiffness uh, in the back or things like that? Like I, I don't do as much as I should, but I do find when, when I put a bit of effort into kind of back stretches, hip stretches, all that kind of thing, um, I feel much better. Like even when I wake up in the morning, I feel much better. Mm. Um, so yeah, hip stretches are big for me, glute stretches and hamstrings. Not, I don't really worry too much about quads and stuff. Kind of, but it all, it's it all kind of it's all connected. But um, the biggest issue I have at the moment is calves. I get tight calves, and I haven't been able to get on top of that. Yeah, <laughs> two hundred kilometers will do that to you. Uh, just so you know. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and the rank in a few weeks before. <laughs> yeah, we'll get yeah, we'll so. get to that in a little minute. <laughs> So in TDS, then at what stage did it start? Like, do you have? Are you human? Do you have those al- those moments of doubt when you're going through those races? Yeah, like I, I'm trying to kind of not think too much about that. But when you go into a um, an ultra, there's always like this. Most of the times, it's fifty fifty whether people finish, especially some of the bigger, harder ultras. Fifty percent of people don't finish, so. I do often think, geez, I hope I'm not one of them 50% this time. Like, uh, like, cause I do want to finish all the time. Everyone wants to finish. Even, even if you have to drag yourself to the finish, you still want to finish. But, um, yeah, I do uh, not as much as I did before, but yeah, you kind of do have doubts. You worry that, oh, what if this is a bad day and I'm out there for twice as long as I planned, you know? Um, but you had an ama- you had an amazing race though. You came thirty first. I looked at the results there. One bit of prep I did do when I was eating my chip body. Um, it yeah. showed seventeen hundred eighty five people. That was a large field. I didn't think there was as many as that doing yeah. it. And yeah, yeah. Finished thirty first. Yeah. Like I looked at the results. There's all these like French and Italian names, and right in the middle there is like Gavin Byrne, thirty <laughs> first yeah. Island. Yeah, there wasn't even any. Um, wasn't even anyone from the um, UK ahead of me. I think it was the only one with a, an English kind of name. What time did you get? Like it was twenty, just under twenty three 20, hours. Twenty two fifty seven, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that um, is phenomenal. Like when you when you consider like it's a forty four hour cutoff, I believe. Um, forty four or forty forty two, because I know some of the lads were a bit more than forty, but yeah, thereabouts. And anyway, there was. Yeah, there. Yeah, it was roughly. A, but it was strange because because we started at four in the morning, it meant I finished at three in the morning. So it was a bit of a what's the word? Anti climax. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, because there was no one around. I thought there'd be people, <laughs> and it was dead. And I, I was I got to the finish, and and anyone I was in Chamonix with were were doing the UTMB the following day, so they were all in bed. Uh, so they couldn't come out, like, which is fair enough, like, to kind of get to the finish and I'm the only one there. It's just like, yeah, this is a bit shit. <laughs> but, so, so I had to, and then I had to walk up to the, to get my gear and then walk up to the other side of town. So it was, yeah, but they changed it now the other way around where we're starting at four in the day. This right, year it was meant okay. to be. And you finish at three in the day then. So. We had Anna Carson on the podcast as well. She actually came third in TDS. Um, she was only oh, okay. She was like fifteen minutes behind you. I remember passing her. Yeah, there was there was a couple of girls ahead of me. There was there was four girls, but I ended up passing two. And um, yeah, Hillary Allen would have been ahead of me, and someone else I can't remember the winner. 
Yeah, she was remember passing. Like Hilary Allen, she actually, I think she had a fall a couple of years before that. She fell like yeah. 150 feet off her, some ridge in a Skyline yeah. race. Trumzo, I think it was the Trumzo race in Norway, I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong there. Um, yeah, that was in 2018 she fell, I think, and then she came back then to, to do so good in in that year. Well, yeah, in 2019 then she came back to... Yeah. to and she got so second. Well, yeah. That worried me, like, because um, I signed up for the Dragon's Back race next year, and yeah. they've got um, Crib Goch. <laughs> I don't know if you've right. ever seen that. No. Oh, check it out. It's just a crazy mad ridge in the Snowdonia there in the mountain, uh, sorry, the Welsh mountain range. Um, yeah. And I was like, should nobody falls off these things? <laughs> and I read about yeah. her. She'd fallen off yeah. like 150 feet, and I'm like, shit. Yeah, yeah. Ah, she's she's a nice girl, Hillary. Like uh, I do chat to her a bit. She's she's good skin. So, but for her to come back, it was well, and and do so well so soon. Yeah, but, that uh, is mind blowing. So, so like. much accomplishment. Yeah, shit. I'm gonna have to contact her on that. But it's it's relatively well. It's pretty cheap to enter the race. It's I think it was 211 euros. I think to enter yeah. TDS. TDS about 250, and the UTMB is about 300. Yeah, it is cheap enough considering. Like the amount of, like I wouldn't say cheap, but it's good value because the amount of organization involved in that race is unbelievable. The amount of food at the checkpoints, the amount of marshals, the amount of markings, everything is everything is done so professionally in the UTMB. Like some races, it's expensive to enter, and there's, you get nothing for what you what you paid. But with the UTMB, it's 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 the price for a reason. Like I th- I think they lost money with the amount of food they ate. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> of course. It's like, what's in your yeah. backpack then? Because I actually didn't go into my backpack at all. You know, I had my kit, um, but the fuel, as you say, there the fuel stations were that good. Like I was yeah. carrying food out of fuel stations, but I never touched it. There was that many fuel stations coming up. Okay, yeah, because see, the problem with the likes of the the UTMB, you can't once you can only have what you have at the start and. There's basically, I don't know, in the CCC, is there a drop bag? I'm not sure. But in the TDS, you only have one drop bag, and that's at 90K. So, like, so if you if you like a certain type of food, um, you're not going to have it because you can't get it. So you might as well just get used to what's in the checkpoint. Uh, in, the, in the checkpoints. But for me, what's in my drop bag? Not much. I had a few cliff blocks this year. <laughs> all, the mandat- all the mandatory kit. So they have the Columbia Outroy jacket. And then I also carry another jacket. I call I carry a, a windbreaker jacket, a really, really light one. Because sometimes you, you need like just you don't need a rain jacket, you just need a light like the I have the Columbia FKT jacket. And that just wraps around my whole pack and everything. So it just keeps the keeps the little bit of heat in because it did get cold on some of the higher summits um in the middle of the night, you know. Um, what else is uh, uh, yeah and then a couple of the leggings um, I always bring hats gloves and buffs you c- I always have the full mandatory kit for it, especially the race yeah. like the TDS you need, because they check it they, they do they do pull you in and they have a list and they'll randomly pick things on the wrist so they'll say where's your second headlamp and where's your spare batteries or they might ask you something else where where's your long sleeve top or whatever but, uh, so you have to have it. If you don't have it, I, I don't know what happens. Yeah, they just pull but, you uh, off. Like there is no yeah, zero tolerance over there. Yeah, and that's fair enough. Like I, I agree with them because if the weather gets bad, it gets bad. You know, yeah. you do need this stuff. Like, like and you, you don't want to be dropping out of a race for not having 
for having a cheap jacket rather than having a, a cheap yeah. light jacket rather than having a, a decent jacket that weighs 100 grams more or whatever because you catch your kit you're always gonna it's always gonna stand by you then after the race yeah like they did them like i use the columbia outdry jackets but they last i've won for years and uh like they're great you know and they keep you dry they keep you dry what was the what was the hardest part of the race can you think back oh god probably i remember near the end well it probably wasn't near the end it was probably 100k in but it felt near the end maybe 120k but it was still a good few hours ago i thought we were on the last climb but then when we got down to the bottom there was another climb <laughs> and that climb was so bad one i, I didn't know it was there um, and it was in the dark because i finished we were finishing at three in the morning so you're like i don't know i didn't i counted an extra climb so we're heading up and we're going up zigzag through this kind of grassy muddy kind of stuff and i was just going up for ages and and uh, you could just if you look back you'll see headlamps for as far as the eye can see but the climb is just still going up and up and up um, i must look up find out what the name of that climb was actually but for me that was the hardest part and when we got to the top i'd been out of water for a while and there was a checkpoint there but i don't think they're meant to kind of give you anything so you're just straight back down and then the other side after the climb you're heading down it was a steep rocky kind of descent so it went from one extreme to the other so that was probably the hardest part for me um, I think it was either the second last climb or the last climb. Yeah, that yeah. explains TDS well, though, doesn't it? It's just from yeah. one extreme to the other. I remember yeah. I I got to the the largest climb. I can't even remember what it's called. The Ferret, maybe. Um, I might remember them. I, I definitely can't pronounce them properly either. So yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, screwed either way. But I remember it was really really warm. It was the highest climb, and even though there was like a checkpoint at the top, it was a first aid sort of checkpoint. So it had all this coke and water. But they wouldn't give me any. <laughs> he said, "No, no, this is for people that are in need." I said, yeah, are, you, yeah. "Are you for real? <laughs> like, do I not look like somebody that's in need?" That was the same situation with me. I was like, "Have you any water?" He goes, "Oh, it's only if you really need it." I was like, "Oh, look, it doesn't matter." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "I just went on it um, because I was like, I was drinking from a puddle at that stage. Like, it's like, oh." Um, but yeah, it's, it's just it's, a bit of a runoff. There is something magical about it, though, at nighttime, isn't there? You've got the whole yeah. mountain silhouetted around you, and especially when you get to the bottom of a climb, you weren't too bad when you were up near the pointy end. Um, but I was coming to climbs and seeing these lights zigzagged all the way up, and you're like, "You have got to be shitting me!" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's a bit surreal. Like, um, think, oh, it's, is is that actually a light, or is is that someone's headlamp, or is a star? Because you're looking so far up, and you're like, "I hope it's just a star, and I don't have to go up there." Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um yeah so it's kind of good but oh i can't wait to go back now thinking about it um, yeah, yeah but it's good hope. like it's such a good buzz through the race even when you're going through the pain and the mental torture at times like it's still just a crazy buzz isn't it it's still driving you through that race yeah um yeah well like i mean you don't have to go to chamonix either for that kind of thing i love i i much prefer racing in ireland as well like because i remember when I was coming near the finish of the TDS and there was a lad there and um, I was getting a bit tired and the trail were on a single track and he seemed to be much better at downhill at this stage uh, whereas I was probably struggling a bit in the down and I'd stepped into the trail and, and let him pass 
but they don't even acknowledge it. No thanks, no nothing. Just straight <laughs> past, and I kind of thought, well, screw you. But then when I was coming up to the finish, then I'd seen him in the distance, and with all my energy, I, I had my two poles going up the round. I was as hard as I could, straight past him, just completely ignored him. And got to the finish and i was like now you can have that like i was like probably would, <laughs> i was like probably would have just let i probably would have just stayed at the same pace and let him finish ahead of me but i was glad then i just said you know what, i'm gonna go hard this time so yeah that is a thing yeah. for the irish contingency going over Um it can be i don't know the right word is lonely um yeah. but we're so used to chatting on course and getting the crack with people and that's one of the beautiful things about ultra running you know, you do yeah. get that camaraderie no matter what. And even if you're racing yeah. somebody, I'm sure <laughs> I wouldn't know. Yeah, but. yeah, no, like, because me and him in the last race there, me and Ricky, like, he would have been, who I thought would have been the main competitor for winning the Kerry Way. We ran the first 50k together and had, had, had laughs, like, slagging each other and just had a bit of crack for the first 50k. But then eventually, then, um, checkpoints, my quicker checkpoint movements. I, I decided to push on a bit and, and try and make a bit of ground on them. Yeah. So, yeah. What drew you to the carry way this year then? UTMB being cancelled. <laughs> okay, I think so, quite, quite uh, a few people then had trained and got yeah. that pace up, and they needed to yeah. they needed to cash in on all that training because it was yeah. there was quite a will it won't it happen for quite a long time, wasn't it? Yeah, right up to the right up to the f- four or five days before. Like they were adamant it was going ahead, but you you can't be you can't be you couldn't be certain. No one was certain. So yeah, it was it was a bit um I wouldn't say stressful, but it was a bit annoying. You kinda of either wanted it to be called and cancelled and but you didn't like a week before the race and uh, even the Monday before the race when the race was on Friday, people still weren't sure and it's kinda of not the not the way to be going into a race like that, to not knowing it's going ahead, like um even your motivation, no, like for yeah. the, the weeks coming up, on how difficult to stay focused. Um, yeah, I yeah. was in for Lavaredo, and it was called oh, pretty okay. early, um, yeah. which was a relief. Yeah. It was actually a relief. Yeah. Not that. Yeah, you're you know, it was yeah. done, and that was it. Like you know, decision was yeah. made, and I was it was good to close the door to that. Got the money back for um, accommodation, and the race got moved to next year. Um, so at least you knew. And you can yeah, put it behind exactly you it. and just enjoy yeah. the mountains then. Um, so you won the, you won the carry way ultra. Um, was that your, how much form were you in going into that race? You talked about the um, UTMB then and training for that. Were you a hundred percent in form going into it? In Kerry? Yeah. Oh no, definitely not. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> anyway, I was, I like, I, I, I wanted a race, but like I had done a bit of long stuff maybe four weeks before the carry way. So I was still um I just about got over the um the event I did four weeks before the carry away. Um the calves were still tight and stuff. So it was I didn't really know what was gonna happen in Kerry. Um I, I was just going down to test myself. I wanted to run hard at the start and see if I could hold the pace um, and see how long I could hold the pace for. So at least I knew now I now know if I go that hard at this stage, I'm going to start to really kind of shut down um, yeah. for future. So, so I it went hard enough, but I think at about 140 kilometers, I started to I started to really fade because I had to sit down, um, which I don't like doing because I had to just get a just get a bit of um, first aid kind of thing on a on a on a, on a, on a cut I got. That's all. And so once I sat down, 
for I was sitting down for maybe 15 minutes. I really struggled to get going again, but you still have another 50k to go, so you just kind of have to um, get going again. What goes through your head then in those sort of long when you're doing 200 kilometers? Like, does your mind creep forward at all on how far you've got 50k to go here, or are you really good at staying in the present? Um, yeah, like I try and break it up into sections, so depends on the event. Like, most of it with the ultras, you can break it up into checkpoints, so each checkpoint is like, oh, I'll get to the next checkpoint, get to the next checkpoint. Um, or if you're chasing times, say in a, in a local race, you might be chasing, uh, well, in an FKT or a course record or something like that, say, um, in, in Kerry, which is what I actually intended to do, which I tried to do it anyway. So I was, I was well ahead for, for, for maybe 15 or 16 hours until I got this sneam. Um, and yeah, it just started to really fade then. It just, it just, you know, minutes turn into hours quite quick in an ultra run, and once you start losing time, it it goes fast. It's not like you to go out so fast though at the beginning of a race, is it? Like you've got the likes of Zach Miller there. Zach just goes, he's for nine for going out really, really hard as if he's racing a short race, and sort yeah. of tries to hang on. Like, um, was it just a? Were you taking the opportunity just to test to see what would happen? Yeah, exactly. Um, it was one to test myself to see how long I could last going hard, and then it was, and then I knew, I knew one or two of the competitors that were there. They generally went off hard, but I think they had plans this year to not go off so hard. So I knew if I went hard, they'd chase me. Um, well, I had a feeling, and they, my feeling was right. They did come. <laughs> they came off together. Now, so we ended up to three people, the two other people I expected where we three of us were together. And um, which was exactly what I thought would happen, but um, it wasn't. It wasn't like I wouldn't say it was like hard, hard, but um, it was hard for a, for a hundred and ninety k race. Um, like, but it, we were ta- it was comfortable talking kind of pace. Um, but it was still, it was still fast enough. Yeah, uh, for for, <laughs> for, for 190k, he's like, yeah. I think it was faster than my 50k sort of pace going out, to be honest. Yeah, oh, yeah, probably would have been way much better. I think we've covered 50k and it was definitely way under five hours, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. maybe four and a half hours because you broke, um, you broke 24 hours in that race, yeah, just about uh, 20, 23, 37. Um, and I was on for 22, um, until I got the sneeze. Um, but I'd cut my leg on a bit of barbed wire, so I wanted to get that treated. And once I sat down, then and and later on, then I wasn't eating. I'd sat down and I was trying to eat. And I couldn't even really drink too much, uh, so just like just the motivation went, and yeah, I just kind of grinded out, you know, because I was um at Sneem when I hit Sneem, I was I think it's Sneem. I was forty five minutes ahead of uh, the course record, so that's like. And there's only 50k to go, so I'd lost then. I would have been an hour behind the course record by the time I finished, so I'd lost that much time in the, in the space of 50k, well over an hour, you know. Does uh, something like that then make you want to go back and try uh, and fix that? Not really. Like, it kind of. I'd have to go in a bit more prepared, and I've done the event twice now, and it's, it takes. It's a lot of work doing an event like that, and ah, I just don't know if it's worth heading back again. Plus, 
I'm hoping I'm hoping we'll be back in the UTMB next yeah. year. So um, at the moment, no, not at the moment, no, I don't want to go back. Yeah. How, like, you went in there, you had done the Dennis Rankin round. How many weeks before that? Um, I think it was five, maybe four. Definitely wasn't any more than five. So I'd done the Dennis Rankin round on the 1st of August. And then the Kerry Way was in the first weekend of September. Mm. So probably five weeks before, yeah. You went flying past um, me. <laughs> you went, well, yeah, Robbie, I was like, who's that fucking Egypt yeah, there? Like, just <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> flying past, yeah. like, I had a group out on the mountain. Um, but you'd you done that in uh, 14 hours, 22 minutes, which was yeah, pretty four. phenomenal. Um, only yeah. Stephen Shields had done it. It was even only a few days before that, I think, Stephen. A, w- a week before, yeah. Was a it? week before. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how. 13 hours and 37 minutes, like, um, but to be yeah. there, because you really hadn't recceed it that much, had you, to get that time? I'd, I'd only done one recce from the start to Binion, and it was in um, it was in foggy conditions, so it was basically pointless. So that was the only recce I'd done from the start to Binion. And, yeah, I hadn't gone there. I hadn't gone there to, to, to break any times. I'd gone there to run well, but I'd done... Yeah, so that was the plan was to try and run well. But I knew I wasn't gonna get near Stevens times. His time was 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 phenomenal. Like um it goes to show that he's he's up there all the time. Um yeah, so But there is it is there are a few sort of challenging places in that there where you can get lost but not lost, but take pretty bad lines and lose quite a lot of time in the ranking. Yeah, I'd looked at the tracker um that Stephen had a the primal track and had a little look at that when he was going around and then I, I compared it to my one and um, yeah some of his lines are really really direct like you, like especially the one off um, what's the summit after Donner Chimney Chimney to, to the next one Rocky is it yeah um, he went much more direct than I did I went back to the wall and, and, and went up then to uh, Chimney mm-hmm. or Rocky or whichever one it's called which which is that's the way I'd like to do it. I'd like to take the the little bit longer route with the less resistance. Like I'm not a big fan of bashing through header, um, especially when you don't know the type of header and and and, and what's beneath it. Like because I mean you fall into them bog holes and everything all the time. That's the way it is in Wicklow <laughs> and anyway. And you, like they're leg breaking stuff. That stuff. Uh, I don't know how people bash through quick. Like yeah, will you be back to have a go at the Dennis Rank? And I know you've got the Wicklow round. Um, um, FKT. Yeah, yeah. Like it would. Like I did say um, a couple of months before I even had done it. It was probably b- before this even uh, COVID crack. Um, that I'd said to someone I'd met them out running. I said, I'd love to do the ranking and try and have the the two records. That would be like brilliant. But uh, unfortunately, Stephen got there <laughs> Stephen, before me. Stephen, yeah. <laughs> Stephen, come around. Come around. What about yeah, the double? Because yeah. one thing that sort of resonates with me when we met in Chamonix, we were talking about the Dennis Rankin round, and I said about the double. And you'd asked me, like, you know, when, you know, how do you think it should be done? I says, well, nobody's going to do it in like 48 hours. Like, that's how naive I was back then. <laughs> and, uh, oh, that is hilarious. Like, you've just totally froze. <laughs> it's the funniest, like. <laughs> Gavin, yeah. too starstruck. <laughs> um, but challenged all those. I've challenged everybody so far up to do the double ranking. Is that something that would attract right. you? Has no one done it? No. Nobody's done it yet. Like nobody. Yeah. It's like, oh, did, what did um, did what did Paulo Callahan do? He done the winter. 
Paul O'Callaghan done stuff, but he didn't do the double, I don't think. No, he done no. the winter uh, up there. Um, no, like, it doesn't really. I just genuinely don't see the point on doubles. Um, like, I would rather run one decent loop to the best of my ability rather than just go out there for the sake of it to run it twice. Now, yeah. That doesn't mean I won't do it. Like, if I, <laughs> <laughs> But at the moment, I'm happy to run one good loop. So if I'm going back up to the ranking in, 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 in good season time, as in round season time in my, what I call it, um, I'm going back up there to, to be my time. I'm not going back up there to, to, to do it for fun. Right. And what would you call yeah. good round season, like sort of May time before all the grass starts growing up and yeah, that long? for me, yeah, de- exactly, yeah. So for me, if you can get, if you get a good May, and I can only talk about Wicklow's sake, so I'm not too familiar with the morns um, as much as you lads, but if you can get in there before June, where the, before the ferns start coming up, if you get a bit of decent weather in May, the ground might be firm enough I'm just before the growth. Definitely the ferns and stuff is a big thing. Um, that's good around time for me. May eighteenth yeah. of May is when I done it and 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 it was it was it was happy enough. I was I was happy with the weather. Um just to finish off, like you talked about the winter rounds. It's coming into that time of year again then. There's more and more people doing the rounds based on all the races being cancelled. How would you attack a race differently in winter? Yeah, and during the summer. Then I, uh, I haven't done a lot of um winter stuff, but um I have thought about doing um the winter rounds. Uh, we'll wait and see if thought, we'll wait and see what happens this year whether I give give myself a, a go at doing one. But I suppose to have have to have good gear like for me, when you're in Wicklow in December in in the open mountains, it's different when you're on the trails, but when you're on the open mountains where there's no trails. You can get really, really cold. Like, like it's so damp up there. There's no trails. Your feet are wet. Your hands are wet from climbing over bog peat hags and stuff. So I think like having been prepared for winter, like as much as you can, would be would be my what I'd be planning to do. Like, yeah, and wrecking, I suppose, in bad weather. Like you were out today, bad conditions. Yeah. But that only stands by you, doesn't it? When you you've got the likes of winter rains and things like that. Oh, definitely, because you'll think, Jesus, oh, my hands are freezing that day. Maybe I'll, I'll try and get better gloves or bring an extra pair. Yeah, you just, and to keep it fresh in your mind as well is important because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you do it six months earlier in winter, you kind of forget, or, or the year before, you forget forget particular days when, when it was bad. You kind of put it out of your mind. Yeah, so UTMB on next year then. Have you got any B races sort of lined up? Well, I'm, I think I have an entry for that um, UTMB Falda Aaron because that was cancelled. Um, that was cancelled this year. It's meant to be in the Pyrenees. It was it was in June or July, but I didn't look for a refund, so I'm pretty sure I have an entry for that. I must actually check that out. <laughs> so I have an entry for that. So if I can get there to the Pyrenees, but um, just local races because I'm not too... Not too comfortable in booking flights now at the moment or races yeah. at, until what's the point there's so many races getting cancelled and, and um, it's, it's expensive enough and you can lose i lost quite a bit of money on bookings and things this year as well so it's not something i want to because it's a stretch going to these places for us <laughs> common folks yeah yeah because it can be quite expensive when you take in the flights and even yeah. transport and all of that good stuff combined can be an expensive hit 
Um, yeah, so yeah, you want yeah. it to run smoothly when it's happening. Um, just to finish then, last question, I suppose. Um, I know we're jumping about the place. What is it about ultra running and running through the mountains that sort of draws you the most? Um, what is it? It's just about being out there in nature and, 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 and enjoying the trails and like all the people are so supportive and stuff, especially in the races, like everyone's quite helpful. And for me, it's just, it's just a, it's just a way of life now as well. Like I just kind of love being out there because I, I hadn't done it until I was a bit older in life before that. I, I didn't do much outdoory stuff until I was maybe 26, 27. So now I'm, I just think it's yeah, it's an amazing place to be. Like and it gets sends you to amazing parts of the country and the world. Yeah, because you are only thirty three. <laughs> thirty three, yeah. So, you know the yeah. average age in CCC when I did it was forty two. You yeah. know, is it? Yeah, Jesus. You know, so you're only a young buck yeah. yet. So yeah, so I'm still I still have to hit my prime. So I know um, you were the winner of the Carryway um 290k sort of ultra a few weeks ago but tds was 31st place anybody knows that race um that was an absolutely outstanding um yeah. finish and race that you had we were all dot watching all the way through and you were passing quite a few people near the end and there were people dropping out and all sorts of things were happening it was such yeah. a tough race anything can happen you meant you mentioned uh richard there noonan um, he he had a really difficult race, and he had loads of experience on those mountains. Like it just shows you how difficult it can, it can be, and it really shows you where your strengths are. You know that's one thing about a race like TDS. It tests you to your limit, tests your kit, your mentality, your strength, and the whole combination of that. And it really showed you know where where you fit, I suppose. Um, and the reason why I didn't go into the Kerryway Ultra so much was the TDS. I didn't want to go past that. It was such a great um, achievement, I suppose, along with the Kerryway. Yeah. Well, yeah, I wouldn't be. The Kerryway is different, but the, 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 the TDS, is, it's just because because the climbs are so steep, you hit so it's such a low points. But eventually when you get to the top, it's just like, well, that's that bit over. And then it, now you're going down and you have a bit of a, well, sometimes you have a bit of a break going down, but <laughs> Sometimes you don't have a break going down at your, your there was one stage we were holding on to a chain and we had to kind of abseil down just to get just to get down the section. Like there's a chain hooked into the wall and it's just like you have to just hold on to it and, and glide down to so, well yeah, so you don't have too much of a break going down at some of them. But um yeah, you're just gonna and then the other way I often if I, I hit a bit of a low point maybe I think it was nine or ten hours in. So what I did then, eventually then, I just took out my phone and I started to, my mate Paddy, he's based over in San Francisco, you know, Paddy O'Leary, but um, I just started sending him voice messages and <laughs> slagging him, you know. He was, he, was in the, he was in the UTMB that year as well, so I just would start sending him uh, video messages even, just, 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 just having the crack kind of. So you do that for a few minutes and it just takes your mind off things and then you kind of just pick it up again. Like, Gavin, that's excellent. Yeah. Thanks very much. Anyway, I'm sorry I sort of jumped about a bit there. Grand, yeah, good chat. Brings back some good memories. Have to apologise for not getting out a weekly episode. I've been reinventing myself over the last few months and I'm now in a position to start bringing you some amazing guests. With so many races cancelled, many people have been asking me about a winter Dennis Rankin round. So next week, we are going to release a Dennis Rankin round winter special with some of the round's record holders to give great tips on having a successful and safe round, so make sure you tune in. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, why not follow us on Facebook and don't forget to check out the Hiking Tours in the Mourns, which is a beautiful cascade of mountains found on the shores of County Dame. Looking forward to releasing next week's podcast. So until then, stay safe and keep on moving.